0: latest research even from the University of Oxford this year where it encompassed 40,000 farms they found that the single biggest thing you could do for environmental impact to reduce your environmental in- impact wasn't solar panels wasn't electric cars it was eating a vegan diet
1: this is Social Fabric conversations with people about their passion and their contribution to the community for more information go to socialfabric.ie
2: Tween heaven and hell Said one was above one Was below the ground Who's gonna follow me down
1: yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna try the mic there If you just keep talking okay, Yeah, right there. you can hear me? Yeah, yeah, you don't have to get too close It's quite, quite right. powerful
0: right Great anyway. job I listen to Dave's one Listening it in the car. Enjoyed it, yeah? Right, it was cool. I liked the way the music interludes. It kind of separates it up. Gives a bit of space to it. It was very good. Yeah, so what we're going to do, obviously, put the music in afterwards. Mm. So, have your songs and stuff. But yeah. Uh, yeah, very good. So,
1: anyway, listen. Thanks a million, Stephen Flynn, for coming over. And today, it's a pleasure. <laughs> I much appreciate it. But what I was going to ask you straight away is uh, just give me an idea of... Of uh, because we've been trying to meet for, for the last while, and yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, totally. you're a busy man, I'm a busy man, but you're definitely busier than me. You win that one, going through phases, <laughs> as you say, with, yeah. But uh, give me an idea of this week so far what's
0: it been like, and what's what's the weekend ahead? Just I think having young kids in a busy business, my sense of time is very blurred. You know, the way like in modern day society, we see time is very linear. For me, it's all a bit of a blur. Maybe right. it's maybe it's because I'm not getting as much sleep or whatever, but let's see. This morning, me and the dudes hung out. The dudes are my little kids. I have three kids. I've made Theo and Ned. Um What did we do? We went... I went to a funeral. A friend, a good friend, um I guess since eight, his dad died. Amazing going to a funeral and just being reminded of how we're all going to die and how it's not... Like, just at the funeral, like, obviously you're left with very little possessions, but he's there with his family and with his friends. And the, the main thing that I got from that was like there was relationships it's mm-hmm. the depth of your relationships and the quality of relationships mm-hmm. and how how your capacity to love that was the message but anyway I'm going up. sorry I'm going up. Right. total, a total, a total, a total. um yesterday you see I got up at I got around six made tea met there were three girls over from London who wanted to come swimming went down the beach there's maybe like 25 of us we swam at sunrise then got in last night around 10 o'clock from London. We we went over to London Heathrow. So you swam and then you went to London. Yeah, well that was, I'm, I'm going yeah, yeah, reverse yeah. chronological order. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yesterday we went to London. There's this, um, I guess, well-known TV presenter called Philip Schofield and himself and his wife um, run a charity and they run a charity event. And we were invited on behalf of Waitrose to the, to the Royal Berkshire Shooting Academy, I think it was, or something like this. So it was like clay pigeon shooting. So it was oh. quite bizarre as someone who's a vegan and very much into be holding these guns <laughs> and shooting, obviously, clay, like nothing was killed. But it was <clears throat> quite bizarre. But also, as, as a young boy and guns and cowboys, it was like, oh, my God, a gun? They're giving me a gun to shoot something. So it was, <laughs> it was, uh, it was great fun. It was quite surreal. It was a great laugh. And it was a nice meal. And, you know, lots of interesting people. Yeah. So that was quite fun. That was only Friday, so... Yeah, that was yesterday, so we flew over for that, uh, did that, met some cool people, had the kind of lunch, and then flew back, and then the day before Thursday, Thursday, I think, I think we'd meet meeting at four o'clock, we were making chocolate before that, then we were in doing interviews for Super Value, and then we were doing a photo shoot for Super Value, Wednesday, see, I'd have to look at my diary. But that's but
1: basically what I get, yeah, without yeah. you looking at the diary, what I'm getting at, uh, and again, I know you, I see you pretty much, most mornings when you're around, and um, but you're always on the go, and mm. you have to be on the go. You mm. have your own business. You know, I'm my yeah. own business. It's, but you seem to be on the go all the time at the moment. Yeah, very much. so. And uh, how's that? How's that? Um, well, obviously, it's working for the business. Business yeah, go well. Yeah. And uh, but how? How's that gonna? You know, how, how much of how this can you do? Like, it, that's a busy week you've had.
0: Is every yeah. week the same, or? The moment, moment, yeah, where it's kind of all pretty at that. Uh, I guess we've always been. I'm I mean, like Dave. I, I use the Wii a lot because we're yeah, identical yeah, no, twin. but um, we've always lived busy lives because yeah. I guess we've always had kind of um, a desire to be very active and like do stuff that we're really interested in. At the moment, like our number one hobby is playing happy pair. We love it. We're having a great time. It's so enjoyable. So I guess we've a, a lot of inertia in terms of our ability to, to do stuff or to be busy. We're, we're, we always have stuff that we're intrigued and fascinated <laughs> yeah. projects. Like I have so many projects that I'm fascinated and want to pursue yeah. and want to yeah. explore. So um, I guess the challenge of, of our life at the moment, given that we have a growing business, we have young kids, is to try to create space to to, yeah. to kind of connect in with ourselves. Because ultimately, the relationship with ourselves is Yeah, I'm gonna vital. ask you
1: about that now in a second. Um, you gave me the first song, "Entre dos Aguas. Entres dos
0: Aguas. Paco de la Great song. Yeah. Um, for me, it symbolizes when we, I guess, we were two meatheads. Um, grew up in Greystones, played a lot of rugby, did male modeling. You know, we were very um, into the Western ideals of money makes you happy, um, materialism, this type of idea. And we came back two stinking hippies. And a lot of our old friends from rugby and from golf and from business school really didn't know what to make of us and kind of didn't want to make friends with us, if you, if you will. So we went away for a couple of years. So we ended up becoming friends with a lot of Spanish people and a lot of kind of transient people, people who weren't necessarily from Graceland's and part of the community, but they were people that were living here for maybe a year, coming in and coming out, because we found they were very open, very accepting, and they were very, it kind of represented, there was a freedom in it. And there was a great way of traveling without actually having to physically move. So we became friends with a lot of Spanish people. David spent a lot of time in Guatemala, so he'd been fluent at Spanish. Um, I didn't speak Spanish, but I I, I fell in love with this Spanish girl called Patricia. And within six months, I was fluent at Spanish too. And I guess we spent the summer speaking Spanish. Like, maybe it was a year we were kind of speaking Spanish. We were hanging out with Spanish people all the time. And I loved this song. So the song just it was we met we kind of hung around a whole summer so it was very it's a nice summery song it's from Andalusia it's I think it's a beautiful song it kind of for me it captures that moment of that sense of adventure while and that explosion spring that explosion of just
1: on the mic we were talking about uh, we're doing this uh, in my house and uh can go on this? You can oh, the little again. one that's cute it's
0: very important
1: that's all right and uh, we're doing this in my house because a uh, saturday afternoon in my house is nice and quiet and the first thing you say when you come in wow it's really
0: relaxing yeah that's, that's a story a, a quiet <laughs> home
1: but yeah you just say you have four, uh, three young kids and and just your wife she's her own business as well so it's it's a busy Busy time at the moment, and so how how you balance the whole thing? How are you balancing it at the moment? What
0: between work and life? And I think it's a constant struggle, if you will. And yeah. A struggle. I don't mean in a negative way, yeah. but a constant. Um, something that me and Dave often use the example of to live life on the edge, because mm-hmm. where the, where the sea meets the land, or where the river meets the the forest, is the most creative or most, um, yeah, creative or most biodiverse aspect in nature. And similarly, I think with life the closer, or in my experience, the closer I live to the edge of like, like going full tilt and not falling over, the more creative, the more productive, the more like engaged it is, and the more like, whoa, this type of feeling. Mm. So I guess there's this, um, I think I used the idea of inertia already, that there's quite a lot of inertia in that, and that we kind of like to live on the edge. Mm. But when you live on the edge, you can. it doesn't take much for you to topple over the other side. So I think... Bits that help sustain it is the fact that i'm a twin so dave can quickly see me and steve you're stressed go for a swim steve like stop working on what you're doing let's go do some training or let's do something or let's just yes. sit and meditate so I think that kind of helps. You help each other to, to, to yeah. stay within, to stay well, on to hold hold each other accountable. Yeah, yeah. And then the fact that we swim in the sea most days is a nice. I know, And the other
1: morning I met you was yeah it was it was May's birthday and you were celebrating on the beach. was yeah it was great. Yeah, I, it, was great was yeah, it was fantastic. So you do make the time. Okay, but yeah. sometimes it could be a bit early for the kids, but to celebrate the birthday first yeah, thing in the morning on the yeah, beach. Yeah, yeah,
0: right? and even and even like one of my favorite things to do is to take the kids to school every day. Like to walk the kids to school and for me it just symbolises that I'm putting my children ahead of work. Yeah. And then that I'm putting my family first and the, and to walk down the road and say hello to people and bring the kids into school and just talk about random things or like look talk about the flowers or whatever it is, just yeah. That's fabulous, it's yeah. something that I really I guess uh, treasure. And,
1: and to stay with the kids, but well, what's um what do you think is the biggest what's your biggest concern looking at your kids growing up? And I know they're still very young but What's your biggest concern for them in today's society, in our society, in our community? What's um, your, or oh, you fear, anything in
0: the moment or you're happy enough that? I guess I'm a bit like, say May's just turned eight. She's my eldest. And um, I guess I've a, I've a special relationship with them all, but May being my little girl and whatever the father daughter relationship, maybe it's very stereotypical, but it really like, it's like, oh my daughter, wow. I know what it's like to be a man so I mm. you know this little precious incredibly brilliant little person and I kind of I, I see different people kind of getting their kids mobile phones and social media and just the the child going through teenage years and I, I, I feel a bit a bit fearful if I if you will and a bit kind of concerned about it mm. and I think Dave mentioned it when he was speaking to you that he like we're both quite ideal idealist in our in our nature And I'll often idealize the idea of homeschooling my kids or giving them great freedom or the idea of having different peers beyond, like when they hit 12 or 13, rather than just all their friends being 13, having a different, a greater array of friends of different ages that are going through different things in life. And they realize that, oh, these teenage years will pass and that Mm. they don't become all consumed with it. So I think that's that's one of my fears. Mm is that and my fear is that I I'd, I'd love to pursue my ideals and how do I do that and part of me kind of goes well I, I still have four more years I wonder can I create some sort of a different structure around that but the reality is my wife loves her work and doesn't really want to homeschool the kids and likewise for me so we got to try to find something else yeah yeah and then, but, you know,
1: because it's 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 everybody's concern and, 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 like I I went through what you just talked about your little daughter you know my daughter is 15 and it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's hard work. It's, it's heartbreaking and it's, it's just because the father and daughter relationship is it. But, you know, you need to try to see, well, I think you need to try to see the, the world from their eyes and it's just, yeah. sometimes it's kind of scary.
0: Oh, <laughs> but, I could, yeah, I can only imagine. But yeah, uh, you know, was just and, and I think ultimately, like, edu- like what I would see as the most primary lesson for us all to learn in life is how to have greater self-awareness. And if I can just look at my own experience through the education system, through like I went to Prez, Bray and All Boys School and we played rugby and we loved getting drunk and I learned how to pass exams and jump through whatever academic hoops I was meant to do. But I left with a very little, very little... Self awareness, as into Stephen Flynn, who's really interested in this, or very little sensitivity towards myself. It it didn't nurture any degree of individuality, or or what are your unique set of skills that you're really intrigued in your passions. I left going, I don't know what I'm interested in beyond rugby, getting drunk, chasing women. What do you reckon dad You know, it was it was mm-hmm. that type of thing. Whereas, I'd love that. My children would be nurtured in such a way that they've a a, very strong sense of self. They know, no, I love this. These are my passions, and these are things that really light me up, and I want to do more of that. So, I guess that's something that I really want to mind and nurture and look after.
1: No, and hopefully, hopefully, it'll work out because it is. uh, Yeah, it's 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 not an easy job being a father or or parent anyway. Uh, you have this beautiful tune next to uh,
0: Vivaldi, the fourth season. Okay. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I decided to put something different in there because otherwise I was probably just going to pick cheesy pop numbers. Um, Try to look, look like the culture. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's that culture. I think it's quite a, again, popular uh, classical. But it was uh, two, for two reasons I picked that one. One was uh, when we were in primary school, we went to St. Kevin's school, again mm. an all-boys school, and one of the teachers, I can't remember his first name, his name was Mr. Breen, and we used to call him Wog. He had curly hair, and um, he used to make us listen to classical music as one of his one of the subjects. And it was something that we all at the time hated, but it really nurtured this kind of appreciation of classical music. Cause it was something that I wasn't into; I had no interest in it. But it was, uh, he actually became more aware of the subtlety and quite, it was like, wow, this is actually kind of interesting. And he talked about like Vivaldi, how he was like like a pop star in his time, and it, it kind of really created this kind of intrigue with it Uh, and then I'd go home and at home mom always liked to have music on all the time in the kitchen and often she'd put on the four seasons and spring was always the one that I enjoyed most the bursting of life it was very vibrant vibrant. it was like wow it kind of really resonated with me so Uh, yeah that's why I chose that one
1: The community, uh, again, when it was doing today as well, you, know, you do a lot in the community, but do you see yourself stay where you are now? Do you see yourself staying in Greystones for for the foreseeable future and the long in the long run? Yeah, I guess I love Greystones. You love Greystones, It's my
0: yeah. favourite place in the world, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because no I guess such a connection to people and such a connection, like even today I went down to the funeral and it was like I was I was there with May and I was pointing to Michael Harnett, to and Willis, to Conor McNaught, to Alan Tone, it was like, mate, when I was your age, these guys became my friends. I'm 38 now. I know these guys 30 years. I know their parents. I know their their friends' friends. I know their parents' friends. Like, like I know these people a long time where you don't have to like, there's no like, hey, what's going on? It's like, you just know them. You've known mm. them for so long. There's mm. no, you don't have to talk crap. And I don't mean that in any yeah, superficial yeah, yeah, no, way, you're but you just, the you know them well. You, you've been through a lot together. And it was real like, wow, this is... I'm getting old, <laughs> you know, rather than <relevant> that <laughs> no, way. No, but but, but it, it, <laughs> it was a lovely, it was lovely sense of depth to it that it felt like, wow, this is because it does mean a lot to you. And I said,
1: like, I know you guys do a lot for the town, and you know, you're very keen on, but but all the things you do, uh, you, you know, with the swims, the, the happy pair, the, the the apple pie competition, you ah, do yeah. all sorts of things uh, all the time to involve all of us, and we'd all get involved to a, to a certain extent. Oh. But what, what would you like to see coming through in the next few years I mean what else what's what's lacking in graystone what, what what else can we do oh, what, it doesn't mean it doesn't have to be Grace Sounds, but what's yeah. your ideal
0: of a, of a real functioning that community conflict. um like the, it was an interesting conversation over Brecky I was having Brecky with the kids and the happy pair and we we're talking to Alan and Sarah and they've two kids and she was just saying she's reading an interesting book I can't remember the name of the author but she was talking about how the guy who wrote the book, he turned he to kind of garden and a house that was on like in the middle of the town and lots of people walked past and he converted his garden. He took down the fence and he put a bench in it and then he put a slide and a swing in it, like allowing people to come into his garden and use it. And he said by doing that enriched his life phenomenally, like in that there were more people he met, suddenly strangers didn't become strangers, they became people that he knew and eventually they became really close friends and it it created a real means with which to connect with other people. And I thought, wow, that was... It was just a simple mm. thing. And I was kind of looking at our garden, even walking home going, wow, well, I wonder... You know, just just randomly yeah, yeah, thinking, yeah. thinking aloud and going, just curious. Um, but uh, in terms of things I'd like to... Uh, education is something that always intrigued me. Like when I was... Um, as I mentioned, I'm a to- me and Dave were total dreamers, total ide- idealists. And I remember me reading a book called sandhill farm i think i think the book was called it was about a school in england where they set up the school where it was to be run by the students where it was the kids you didn't have to go to class if you didn't want to. this is like between the age of 12 and 18 and it was originally started for kids that had i think they were kind of had behavioral issues they didn't have to go to school if they didn't want to they could literally play in the bike sheds play at bikes go out and play football or just lie in bed So they'd go when they were interested and they'd go to the subjects they were interested. They didn't have to do exams and they kind of created the rules of the schools. But it meant that people were very self-directed. And I remember thinking, wow, this is fascinating. I want to to really get involved with education and the global education system and how we can make it where it's an inspiring place. Because to the best of my knowledge, a lot of our school system is left over from the Victorian time. It was a means with which to mind children and to create a structure with which the parents could work. And... Mm. I just I'm I'm curious. So I'd love to just to develop something yeah <laughs> I, I, stuff, I don't know how it, and
1: Yeah, a lot of this stuff is no longer idealist. I think there's there's quite a few things that are happening that can you can, you can make it happen in you know within yeah. the smallest structure and yeah, because uh, the the idea of this little project is that um it was my fear was that the young adults aren't involved enough in the community. That's my personal view. Yeah and i don't know what your view is on that uh like you have a lot of people coming to your shop all the time but transient people but you also have a lot of people that stick around and work with you for a couple of years and then they move on to do something else what do you see the the young like the the 17 to 21 do you see them with a sense of community or do you see them
0: no i think they're becoming more and more selfish we've observed and like even like Generational. Every generation will have its issues and have its different things. But I know of recent times, like we've been in business fourteen years. So I guess compared to some businesses, it's a very short piece of time. Yeah. But for us, it's quite a long period of time. And I guess over those fourteen years, you've seen different, I guess, changes of the business and then changes of of the the market of people who are available to work. And we've noticed as of re- recent times, we still have some really really great people. But we've we've noticed that there's of recent times some of the people are kind of, they, they weren't really brought up with that hard work attitude and they were kind of brought up with a, with a much more, um, what's the word, privileged upbringing and... Higher expectations. Yeah, yeah, you kind of ask them to mop the floor and they're kind of looking at you, me? Like, where's my assistant? You know, and they're 18. <laughs> you know, this type of thing. And it just, it kind of, yeah. And then even things like, say, Siobhan would be there and Siobhan... Siobhan Handley would be, uh, like, my fairy godmother. Like, you know, a wonderful person in my life and a wonderful community person. And uh, Siobhan had often... She worked in the Happy Pair for many, many years and now she helps with the kids and helps with many, many things. But um, she'd often buy people who were leaving presents just to say thanks. And she'd go to a lot of trouble getting photos and putting them together and getting everyone to sign it, And she'd give them to people. And people are always like, thanks so much. And they'd probably buy Shiv something. But she noticed as of recent times people almost barely say thanks to her. Mm. And she says it's like, she says it's kind of sad. Mm. Like, and she's noted that of recent times. Okay. That That's people don't seem to like, because back in the old days, like people would nearly buy presents for Shiv. Mm. Whereas now people nearly expect it from. It, I don't know. It's yeah, just no, There just seems to be a different attitude and maybe... I'm not portraying it holistically but it's something that I've we've observed in our small little microcosm of, of No, world. and I was curious
1: because the, the, the people working in your shop uh, from day one you know you were young men and you had young people working with you and there's still a lot of young people yeah. coming through and they stay around I, I see the
0: faces for a couple and of years obvi- and obviously that's not everyone there's no, 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 some no, incredible absolutely. people with this. I'm just saying as a general I've noticed a small shift and even when I talk to other people of the millennial generation there's often kind of like wow it's hard. People seem to be a mm. bit switched off. They're real into themselves. They're real into like...
1: The, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know the answer. Maybe I'm totally wrong, but... No, no. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just... Uh, anyway, the manic street Preacher, preachers. Okay, yeah. Everlasting.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, again, that uh, it represents a time. I remember one Christmas we got Zelda... We did. Uh, we Nintendo. I think it was a Nintendo 64. i was trying to remember what console it was. What and we were, was Zelda? Is it, a game? it was a computer game. Okay. And we weren't really allowed to play computer games at all. But for whatever this Christmas period, like when we had our Christmas holidays, we were allowed to play it. We were allowed to play it. And there was this um, fantasy game called Zelda, where you were. It was like a. I think they called them a. I, I can't remember the name. Someone's gonna listen to this and rip me apart. I can't remember it. But it was some sort of a. It was a role play game. You were like right. this little magic creature going trying to solve puzzles and all and I just it was so such a good period of two weeks and we were listening to we got that album that cd for um christmas and we just listened to it non-stop all the time and it it just it reminds me of christmases that always at christmas um dad's sister orna and her wife her husband ned and our cousins alan paul would come up and it's a real family time of year we'd all be together, Mm. there'd be like I guess there's six in our family, there's four in theirs, there'd be ten, and this was before we kids, so it was it was just such a a fun, filled, beautiful time and this song reminds me of it. Reminds me of Zelda, reminds me just the excitement and sheer joy of
2: it. (laughs)
1: Ask you a bit of tra- about traveling. Uh, I know you traveled a lot and uh, after college and, uh, and beyond, and you still do a lot of travel. You love traveling, right? Yeah. And just any any particular uh, traveling st- tr- story that you can share with us that it that really yeah. kind of meant something to you. I, I I believe traveling is one of the best things
0: anybody can do, just to expand yeah, the mind. And yeah, yeah, totally. I I guess a number of them like like I went, I remember when I was 21 and I remember sitting at home in mom and dad's kitchen and I remember like I was sitting down with Dave and I was kind of going, yeah, I don't know, something just doesn't feel right. I don't feel that happy or satisfied with him and myself. And, you know, I'd done a degree, I'd done a master's, you know, I got good marks. We were, we were playing semi-pro rugby. We were doing male modelling. We were doing, you know, we, we were kind of doing, as Western society, we were doing pretty good in terms of what hoops yeah. I was meant to be jumping through at the time. And uh, I was kind of going, I, I don't know, I just don't feel that satisfied. And I, I said, I'm going to buy a one-way ticket to, to Canada because we had Canadian passports and I'm not coming back until I'm happy and I know what I'm interested in because I've no idea. Because we'd spent that summer um, flirting around with the idea of setting up a business, me and Dave together, environmental property development. So we wanted it like, we had no money, but we, we had the idea of we're going to buy some land and we're going to build these cool eco-friendly, super cool houses that are going to be all time sustainable. And we you know, we had great dreams. Um, but whatever reason, it didn't really stick with us. We were kind of just flirting around with the idea. So I went away off traveling and I had no real idea of what I was doing or what I was looking for. I just was going away to, to kind of connect with it. And we'd take the piss. I remember my uncle Porg would go, lads, well, like, what are you traveling for? What are you looking for? And I'd go, we're searching for truth, man. And we'd say it real like facetiously like that, but the reality was I mean, we were kind of we were searching curious. for truth or, or meaning in our lives or what gave us a sense of purpose. And I remember a few little stories. I remember I went to, to tree, I went tree planting in Northern Canada where we'd get a helicopter to work. I went up on my own. I'd get a helicopter to work every day and it was with a kind of Christian organisation. And I wasn't Catholic or Christian or anything. I was kind of into meditation at the time. But it was mm. amazing. We were camping in the woods. We'd live there six days a week and we'd get one day off, six days, one day off consistently. And you'd literally, you get a helicopter to your plot of land and you're dropped off. You're in the middle of nowhere where there's bears and there's all sorts of wildlife, and you're planting trees, and you could plant two, three, four thousand trees a day. But amazing, just the connection. It was incredibly fulfilling. Like it was one of the most enjoyable jobs because you were outside, just hard physical work. You'd look back and you go, "Wow, look at all the trees we planted." And when you say planting a tree, was it from seed or from? Uh, Yeah, it was about three, maybe about okay, small little about ten inches in height, sort of thing. Yeah great fun though, incredibly fulfilling and nice, um, you'd have great conversations because they'd be always trying to talk to me about their faith and I'd be kind of questioning it and we'd have great conversations out in the middle of nature and it was really, it just felt really raw, it was real like coming of age, you know, that nice, type of thing.
1: Nice. And that kind of, you find
0: yourself at some point there. Well, I, you know, I, I, or so. fa- I found little bits that, yeah, I, yeah, that yeah. I liked and disliked and then I, I remember hitchhiking down to i was in seattle and i'd hitchhiked i wanted to try to hitchhike my way further down to san diego because my little brother was there mark and on my way down i found my way to burning man and i I went to burning man back about 20 years ago and i said i was going to stay there for a few weeks and help tidy up and clean up and i kind of got fed up halfway through and hitchhiked my way back to um san francisco and i remember in san francisco sitting in a hostel there going okay i I've heard of this place, an island in the middle of the Caribbean called hedonism where it's all pursuit of of the most hedonistic things you can in your life. Like to see is this happiness in hedonism will I find happiness or I've applied for this meditation centre. So I'm going to go meditate. So I said I'm going to do one or the other. If this meditation centre comes back with a yes I'm going to go to that to Texas, to hitchhike my way to Texas or if not I'm going to I'm going to find my way, I'm going to buy a bike and cycle down to Central America, find a boat and see if I can work on a boat and find my way to this island called Hedonism. Uh, within two days, I got a yes from the meditation center and that oh, set me yeah. up on that, that track. <laughs> so it was, yeah, it was a great. bit of fun.
1: Uh, so probably around that time, uh, Pearl Jam, Jeremy.
0: Fantastic. That was back, yeah, that was back like, uh, I think we were 16 or 18 and I remember Dave bought a cassette, so not even a CD, like not even a mini disc before that was a little tape. Mm-hmm. It was the first album Dave had ever bought. And Dave, we weren't really that into music, we were total jocks, like, you know, if we're honest, but he, he, he was trying to be cool, like, I'm by music and like, I'm into music, man, you know. And he bought um Pearl Jam and um Jeremy was a song, it was about a guy who kind of committed suicide, or was a victim of suicide, and it was quite like, it was something that was really sad, and I'd never really considered it, and it was a beautiful song, and here we were at 16-year-olds, and it was like, wow, this is, you know, it, it kind of struck a chord, albeit a sad one, kind of, like,
1: Way back when this vegan plant based movement um, wasn't quite vegan, anyways, healthy living, yeah. um, But it has turned into a a really interesting um, movement on the back of your success with the the shop and and beyond. But that particular movement now seems to be, I think, reading a few artists, it it seems to be the biggest trend at the moment, you know, the biggest growth worldwide. what what, What's What you reckon is is gonna happen coming down the line with the whole? Yeah, because all of a sudden it's not just you guys in a little shop in a little town. It's not somebody in Portland, Oregon, with a little coffee shop doing. Now it's everybody's getting on the back of it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's really connecting. Yeah, what do you reckon's coming down the line that
1: way? It's Um, positive and negatives of it.
0: Yeah, I. I, I Okay, where will I go with this? I think it's phenomenal to see, and I think part of the reason for this shift is one, environmental issues. I think, like, latest research, even from the University of Oxford, this year, where it encompassed 40,000 farms, They found it the single biggest thing you could do for environmental impact, to reduce your environmental impact, wasn't solar panels, wasn't electric cars, it was eat a vegan diet. And as a result, kind of research like that, and movies available on Netflix, such as, you know, What the Health, or Cowspiracy, or Food Inc., they kind of really they really portray the impact of food choices and how they support different systems. So as a result, I think there's a much greater awareness in younger millennial generation who are much more aligned with doing what resonates with them as opposed to doing what they should do. Mm. Um, So I think that's part of the reason for massive growth in this sector. I think also the impact of a huge amount of chronic illness coming as a result of lifestyle factors is a huge one, like you know, kind of research that, you know, in over ninety three percent of cases of cardiovascular disease can be reversed through lifestyle medicine, is in what you eat, exercise, and stress management. So I think there's huge amount of critical mass inertia in this space. So I think it's really it's exploding, and many people can say it's a fad or it's a fashion. And yes, things do go through fashions and fads, but I think this, if you want, do want to call it a fashion fad, I think it's going to grow even more so. Like, I think there was an interesting movie um, created called Carnage by, I can't remember the name. I was listening to a podcast on Russell Brand with the guy who who created the movie. It's set in 2050, 2050. Um, and the whole idea is that no one eats meat at that time, and they're talking about how people actually ate meat then. You know, it was was quite satirical in its nature, but it was quite... Interesting in the perspective of that, and that people, like, even when I talk to my kids, say, May and Thea, there, they were. Theo was arguing with me I was saying do you want to have some vegan sausages he was like no I don't want vegan sausages I want real sausages <laughs> and then uh, May was saying yeah every time when anyone opens their school lunchbox at school it's always ham and I kind of said to May May listen I don't mind if you have ham but if you want to have ham you got to kill the pig you got to drain its blood you got to cut its flesh and then you can have ham because you understand yeah. where it came from because I think yeah part of the reason where our food system has become to where it is that we're so detached from it. If we had to do it ourselves, we'd question it. Mm-hmm. Or at least we'd be aware of the impact of it. Yeah, that's true, yeah. So, yeah, maybe I didn't answer the question. No, I, went no, no. A, I went off on a bit no, of a rant. Fine, but no, I'm just
1: curious because another uh, thing you guys have been doing... No, I'm curious at the fact that what started off as your little dream, the two of you decided, that's it, we're going we're gonna to open a little smoothie shop and a yeah. veggie shop. And, but we all, you always had the dream that you are going to change... The habits of your community to start, with, yeah, something was going kind to. Of yeah, it was always that.
0: to use business as a vehicle for yeah. social change,
1: which is great. And you're getting there, as in, you know, the, the Dave was saying, many books you sold, which is great. And your your YouTube, you know, you have loads of loads of followers, yeah. which is fantastic. Um, and you also another thing I was curious about, you bring you brought, I remember coming to see, um, Colin Campbell, is that? His yeah, name? Yeah, 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 years yeah. ago, years ago, you brought him over to do a talk. Uh, and you're bring, bringing people over since Rich Roll. I think the next one is uh, Tony Riddle. Uh, ah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, Tony's a, great guy. Yeah. yeah. And so, but you're bringing interesting characters over that kind of back your story. And why well, not say back your story? That that's the part of that movement. Yeah.
0: Earliest question. Earliest question. Yeah. people and, to consider things.
1: And uh, is that a is that is that a vehicle that's working for you? Is it something that, you know? Do you, do you, because that's a one-on-one. You have people in the room that are actually asking questions and they. You're always available for after to talk to them. Yeah, and do you yeah. see that, like
0: yeah, they're bright. People- I'm really enjoying them because it's one you get to meet people like 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 I guess like a podcast is a great yeah, idea yeah. to sit down and have a have a mm. chat. It's a great framework to sit down and have a chat with someone that you're interested yeah, yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. So we tend to invite people that are in a similar space that we find interesting. And that would be that we think they've an interesting message or an interesting mm. take on things. And normally they'll come over and we might shoot a couple of YouTube videos with them or we might hang out with them for the day if they're a yoga person or whatever they're into. And then we'll do a talk in the evening and the talk generally they're you know, they're very interesting to listen to and then we'll chip in a little bit and then you'll do Q and A and you become friends. Yeah. Ultimately it's a ma- means yeah, of coming yeah. friends and sharing someone's experience with our community with people that are interested. And I think when like if we did them for free we found that when people pay for things they take it a lot more serious they commit to it like when we first started doing our happy heart course we built an online platform because we didn't want not we didn't want to but we found we were spending more and more time giving classroom courses and we felt like maybe online you can reach more people and we were still getting up at half four going into the fruit market one of us was cooking in the kitchen and was kind of like I don't want to be up all night doing these courses I'm you know I'm fair enough doing them once a week or once every couple of months but i don't want to do it every week mm-hmm. so we built an online one and we were kind of i was kind of saying dave i think we should give it for free like because this is something people really need so we'd give it to people for free and we found they didn't do it we charge them 50 quid they still didn't do it when you charge them 100 quid they did it they paid for it because it was only when they paid they went i paid 100 quid i'm doing this i, I want to get value so i think the money symbolized commitment yeah So I think we found, similarly with these community events, when people pay for it, they appreciate it more and they listen more and they give the person more respect. So that's what we've, yeah.
1: Yeah, good.
0: Uh, Tori Amos, Winter, tell me about it. I love this one. Again, it it was another time (laughs) in my life. Um, There was this uh, Swedish girl called Eileen Rosenberg. She was over as an au pair. And I remember at the time I was in love with this Spanish girl, Patricia. Um, and me and David moved into the cottage where I still live. Ten or eleven years later, I've still rented. It's a beautiful house in Greystones. We used to call it a castle of sadness. It's in the house of the fairies because <laughs> it was this magical house. And me and David were very, uh, we tend to be a bit, you know, into kind of oh wow fairies and you know we're just a bit zany that way. Um, and Eileen was like this Swedish fairy, and she gave us this this album, a CD called Tori Amos, and we spent the full winter listening to Tori Amos and it was I think the album was called The Librarian and we used to just at the time me and Dave can be a bit we're not really um, we can be quite basic so in our sitting room we had turf drying by the fire a big stack of it um, we used to have in the front room we called it the yoga room it was just a room for doing yoga and there was loads of duvets for anyone who wanted to come in and sleep it was, so it was kind of somewhat like a commune in Greystones if you will but it kind of represented uh, a period in our life. I was dating that girl Patricia. She was Spanish. She was kind of, she was kind of flirting with the idea of me going over to live in Spain. And then I'd met this beautiful Swedish girl, and I was kind of like, why do I? What do I do? You know that way. <laughs> so it was quite, you know, it was it was an interesting time of life. And we would started the happy pair. Maybe we were a year, two years into the happy pair, but it was, yeah, it was exciting good times. Ah, oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: Snow can't wait I've forgot my mittens Wipe my nose Get my new boots on I get a little warm in my heart When I think of winter I put my hand in my father's glove I run off where the drifts get Sleeping beauty it trips me with a frown I hear a voice, you must learn to stand up For yourself, cause I can't always be around He says, when you call to make up mind, Just stay a little bit on,
1: that, on what you're doing there um... And I, you know, I've been slagging you for years about the whole thing, but I think it's fabulous what you're doing. You know, the the, the whole movement, the whole change, and uh, life change and the, the people, I met so many people having a coffee in your shop when you, and I always chat to everybody, yeah. and they go, oh, "Look, I used to do this, and you now since I met these guys, you know, which is great. Yeah. It's great too, great feedback. But I guess the the tipping point was the social media for you in terms of explosion. Was that one thing that kind of social media got you really out in front of so many more people? Yeah, I
0: think I think it it gave a megaphone, if you will. It Mm. gave a means to amplify a message, and Mm. like we started our business with a really strong message and real strong soul and sense of purpose. And it like initially we were very anti technology. I know when we were eighteen as weird as this might sound to young people, we didn't have a phone and it wasn't really, like we knew life without mobile phones and it was only when we were younger that mobile phones started to become a thing and me and Dave were very slow to move on them and I remember it was only we were we were asked to make juices and smoothies at the Web Summit, it was called, and it was in the Mansion House. And I was like, why the Mansion House. I wonder who lives there. Like, I can't wait. Uh, so we went and we did juices and smoothies at at the Web Summit in... The mansion house and the web summit has subsequently become the biggest tech conference in the world now, where it'll have like 70,000 people. Last year, it had in Lisbon. And um, so, we went and we were doing juices and smoothies for like people called Jack Dorsey, who founded this thing called Twitter, and this guy Reed Hoffman, who founded this thing called LinkedIn, and the guy who founded Netflix, and the guy who founded Skype. and I didn't know any of these things, and I didn't know who they were. I was just making juices to interesting people. Uh, and we'd go in during the break, and we'd listen to some of the talks, and it was like, wow, this is really interesting. This whole tech space, and it's quite—it seems to be quite sexy. And you know, maybe, maybe we should like find out what this Twitter thing and, and what a tweet is, and like what this social media thing is. Um, so it kind of decided, okay, let's 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 play with it. And let's see what the hell happens. So we kind of started using it. And we found it as a as a nice medium with which mm-hmm. to share a message, and I think it it provides the opportunity to cross borders to create to connect with people who who are a lot further away than our little village Because yeah, in yeah. the old days if you had something to say you'd stand on a soapbox in the middle of the town square here you eat, here you yeah, eat yeah. your vegetables but through social media you can put something up on snapchat instagram stories you can have a thousand people can see it in 20 minutes and you're like oh my god this is yeah, incredible yeah. And, and also when you really think about it you're kind of like this is a bit frightening you know the way
1: I know, and that's that's the key. Like I, like the other morning, I met you early in the morning. I was going for a run, with a couple of friends with Ross and whoever, and you guys were walking down with with a couple of people, and I recognized them through the social media. And, you know, I think between the whole lot of you, the three of you, there was I don't know two and a half million followers you had all together. You know, so I think, I was thinking in my head as I was running away from the beach. You go, you know, this swim, this four guys going in the, on, in the sea, there'd be two and a half million potentially going to see them jumping in the water. That's that's the reach, yeah. Yeah, which is it's, it's quite scary. Oh, very and much And so. And there's a lot of responsibility that comes yeah. with that. So your message has to be... I can say whatever I want on, on social media. Nobody really listens to me because I only have 100 followers or something. <laughs> and then all my friends. But you have to be careful what you say, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. If I'm more and more a, a conscientious or trying to be more aware of it because our nature is to be quite spontaneous mm. but then i have to be mindfully spontaneous which can be a challenge given <laughs> yeah. that me and dave can be quite excitable yeah. characters in our nature um, like even yesterday we were over at this clay pigeon shooting event in in england and it was quite bizarre like to be holding this gun which guns traditionally you know they're used for killing things and here i am shooting this albeit a clay thing it was like do I put this in social media? Do I not? Like, right. vegan, the vegan community, in my experience, albeit so many incredible, wonderful people, but they can be quite um, fundamentalists and quite um, rigid in their belief system. Uh, and generally, it's people who've only been vegan for two years or six months yeah. or one month. But, yeah, yeah. but generally, for me, people who've been doing it for a long period of time, they can, they can often be a bit more open-minded than the fundamentalists. And yesterday, I was kind of like, wow, Dave, do I put these up? Do I not? Like, here we are two young not young maybe we're (laughs) middle-aged men with guns shooting these things in the sky like is this do we want to share this i know we're excited we're enjoying it do we what do we put up and it was quite like i'd take a moment to ponder about it is this appropriate is it not i remember only putting one or two posts up about it like this is in a story and quickly just looking for feedback like are there people flinging crap at us because people will quickly fling crap yeah and there wasn't that much crap someone says so like okay I'll leave them up and I'll pull them down if I get more crap so yeah it's something we've been making an effort to be more mindful of and to yeah. be more to try to use it as a means to inspire people
1: yeah and, and, and it does work I'm just curious because the amount of people that like and I've been beside you they're having a chance at the coffee shop and the, the, the total strangers arriving and wanting a photograph with you and Dave and you know that happened they, yeah. outside the shop which yeah, is even, great. Even and like, you always give
0: them the time. But oh, I love meeting different people. But yeah. it, it, I guess uh, in the in the early days, it was it was quite different when you'd meet people. And they go, oh, I saw you were in Spain or Italy and I saw, oh, how's Ned doing? And you've never met this person before in your life and you're like, wow, this is a bit different. But, you know, <laughs> albeit this is a really warm, wonderful person it's a great means of connecting. But I guess over becoming more used to it, it's wonderful. I think when people follow us, they kind of know that we're a bit weird we're a bit we're unique or special or idiosyncratic or weird whatever way you want to call us but we're our own people so people follow us they tend to kind of Know what to expect. It's like, ah, oh, cool. You know, I'm, you know, I'm. You
1: see, the, the thing. Curious though, you don't mind sharing photos of your kids. You know, and there's some funny ones you've done. Mm-hmm. It's, it's serious, but the, you know, whatever. There's something in the foreground and something yeah. in the works really well, and it's all great. But so you don't seem to mind mixing. Um, yeah, I do my I
0: I do my best to 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 balance it or to do it. It's a constant juggle because my wife's a clinical psychologist and she'd be very much anti-screen time and she'd be very much you know what's appropriate what's not and it's something that line that we're constantly trying to work out okay. and on, like originally like she hits periods of time where she's like um no you're not like don't put them on at all but of recent times she said listen I trust you you do what you think's right and it's like when you're given that trust i find them a lot more precious and better I'm a lot more wow okay what's appropriate what's not and i try to like only put them up when it's something that i feel is inspiring it's to remind people that you know kids like uh, uh, me and ned were sitting there and we were in the shop today and he did five figs like and he just wanted more 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 and it was just like it, I, I had to share it was like here's my little son he's two and he's just totally into these figs and it's, it's great to see that yeah. it's not gummy bears it's not like skittles it's like a fruit Thanks. and that it's so beautiful that it really, so I, you know. yeah, yeah, but again no, like, I, I'm, I, I don't know the answer I'm trying to work it out myself and do as best as I can that feels integral to me
1: no, no, and, I, and the reason I'm asking is because, as I say, it's probably the first time I've to you now for this length of time without you having the phone yeah. in your hand, so it's, it's yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 good. Him, yeah, It's
0: good. Anyway, tell us about Manu Chau, Glandestino. Oh, Manu okay, yeah, that was, again, another song that represents travel. We were, I think we were 19, we were, we went to school in Pres Bray again. The school run by the Presentation Brothers, and we we're nineteen. with we this idea there was a brother called Brother Canis who had won. He was the only brother in the school in the last few years that had won the senior cup, like the rugby cup. So he was this revered brother, but he'd moved out to Peru to like a poor community, and he'd he'd been kind of working there. So so we kind of this is back when there was no internet. If you can remember a period of time, we wrote letters to him, going, "I wonder can we come over and visit you and help out and." what could we do so we i think that 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 year we wrote to a lot of companies asking could we raise some money and we raised a bit of money and we went over to peru and we spent a month um living in a real poor part of lima this is back 17 years ago more yeah a good while ago anyway <laughs> and we were living there and we were kind of helping in this community and in this poor school and we we're helping with orphanages and then for the rest of the summer we were traveling around peru ecuador um, Chile and Bolivia and anytime you go to hostels it just Manu Chao seemed to be erupting everywhere and it just represents this music represents me, that sense of adventure that sense of a young 19 year old in South America where there weren't many tourists, it was real like it was really wild, it was really fun and real, yeah it was a real time of experimentation and a time of the unknown. It's very unknown. To this young Irish man. Solo
2: voy con mi pena, sola va mi condena. Correré mi destino para burlar la ley. Perdido nel corazón de la grande Babilon. Me dicen el clandestino. Por no llevar papel, a pa una ciudad del norte yo me fui a trabajar. Mi vida la dejé entre Ceuta y Gibraltar. Soy una raya en el mar, fantasma en la ciudad. Mi vida va prohibida, dice la autoridad. Solo voy con mi pena, sola.
1: I'm conscious of time. You, you need to go on to the next uh, meeting, whatever you're doing next, and I'm going to relax because it's Saturday. So ah, good <laughs> for you. That's <laughs> fabulous. <laughs> but before I do, because uh, uh, there's a, more and more people listening to this podcast, which is great. there's a few thousands there. I would I I, think, I was never expecting. I expected a couple right. of my mates to listen to it, but and uh, I'm starting to see the demographic as younger people listening, which is exactly what I wanted to, to, to get to achieve. So you mentioned school a few times okay you 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 were into rugby drinking whatever so that was your time now so your kids are going to go through the schooling system now you mentioned homeschooling and all that now but overall what would you do what would you do in the school like because a lot of a lot of the kids i know a lot of including my kids it, they don't seem to know exactly what they want to do next. I think they have, you know, the highest percentage of kids in school. They don't really know what no. what's next, and none none of us do. Like you, you, didn't know you were gonna be opening a veggie shop. And, I didn't know you was gonna be interested in health. Yeah, I didn't exactly. care in so what, what would like you? You look at your three kids now. And you go, okay, if I put them in the same school system, how are they gonna nurture? there are different interests mm. because they're all going to be different. At the end yeah. of the day, they are going to be three individuals and that's the beauty of
0: it. Mm. What would you do to the system at the moment? Or is there anything you could think of that I'd it would tr- improve it? i try to change the focus that like a lot of modern day education is about knowing information. Whereas I think true knowledge is knowing yourself and, and wisdom or true wisdom is knowing yourself. So I think anything that can help us learn more about ourselves and our connection to ourselves the greater and more conscientious and more aware and more sensitive we can live as humans so I think when I left the I guess the education system in like say even secondary school I really had no idea myself because I wasn't I, I was continuously asking a teacher who knew more than me for information that I had to learn and memorize to pass an exam to get the points to hopefully get to the next hurdle and that was the system that i existed within upon whereas i think if we can create more a system which nurtures people to actually be more self-reflective be more consider what their them as, as an individual or their unique skill set i think that's more and then also to look more into the community like in our modern day society i think older people are looked as a burden as opposed to older people have more life experience than the rest of us. They know what's more important. They, yeah, I just think anything, that, that type of aspect of service, I think is is something that I'd really try to nurture and try to support, a sense of service.
1: Yeah, because back to, you said a couple of things about the millennials, which is it's interesting, or even younger, that they're quite, you know, some of them could be quite selfish, and, and for that reason, maybe they... they the plant-based movement is going to succeed because, for their own benefit, they're going to push it forward. But at the yeah. same time, um, yeah, I suppose the school system throws us out into the into the world I'd, chasing the same thing. And we're I, all I chasing think, the like, remember
0: when me or you would have gone to school, you were kind of learning about like the French Revolution. You'd remember what the date was, you'd remember what happened, mm. you know, in what place. It was very much you were learning information, remembering information. But now, like back when we were in school, the internet didn't exist. Mm. We're old dudes. But nowadays, the internet is just access to information. You want to know how old... I was watching Mamma Mia 2, total junky movie, but I enjoyed it immensely. But immediately, it's like, how old is Cher? And you just type it in. How yep. old is this? Where is this? French Revolution, where did it happen? Just information is available at the click of your finger. So there's no point in us learning that. So I think true knowledge is self-knowledge and self-awareness. So I think the education system, in my limited... Belief, it, uh, I think any way of changing it so there's a greater self-awareness I think would be extremely beneficial to the individual and true to society at large. Very good. Um, I
1: always ask everybody for a couple of words of wisdom before I let them go. Anything you would
0: say to anybody listening? Um, I think I'll go on, on that idea about, like I was at that funeral today, and it was, you know, I I cried it a number of times because it was this this wonderful man that um, a friend's father who was who you could easily not have noticed, you know, he was just one of these lovely characters who always had time for you, and you always felt special in his company, but it was never someone I can't wait to go hang out with him. But he was just this extremely lovely person, and it was amazing at the the funeral, like it was a really large funeral, and it was like. There was never a mention of his wealth. There was never a mention of his success. There was a mention of his great friends. And I think in modern day society, we often pursue wealth. We pursue fame. We pursue materialism. We pursue... Seldom is the the measure of someone, the amount of friends they have and the amount of wonderful relationships they have or how good a father he was. And I think going further on that because i'm getting quite excited but i I think my my words of wisdom for my ultimately for myself is that i think friendship and relationships with others i think are so vital i think they're worth more than money and more than fame and more i think that's true success and and that's why uh, as dave would often say like i'd admire you and ross and uh, a lot of your friends in that you really you really prioritize your friendship with your mates mm-hmm. to have a really good um, time together to really connect with each other and support each other because I think ultimately that's the success of each of us is down to our network around us or our community no, totally or agree. our social fabric totally
1: back agree. to that. that's exactly <laughs> it no but that's exactly what it is what I wanted to do with this was to replicate what me and and my friends have, you know, we do have a great network of support that, that is what you said at the beginning of this conversation. There's no nonsense. You just, I can pick up the phone now and say, lads, I need a hand now yeah. and six guys would be here for yeah. what doesn't matter the reason, they'll yeah. be here. Yeah. And and that's what you want because it's, yeah, everything else is kind of pretty relevant, you know, money yeah. comes and goes and success comes and goes or whatever, you know, but somebody beside you for... For, for the long run, it's what you want, you know. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, that's very good. Well, look, that's uh, great. We're going to leave it with a
0: perfect song then. Uh, Call the line High Hopes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, That one I, I chose because it symbolizes my wife and my children and family. It's something that she really she, she She's not really into music at all. Like, we grew up in a house where music was always on, it was always in the background, and it was always like first thing you do in the morning was you put on music. It was just, you didn't do anything until the music was on because music was the background to your life you know that way whereas she she's Polish and she didn't grow up in a house like that and she she'd often give out about my musical choices but she'd never offer anything and Codeline is the only one she ever offers so um I I, I chose this one because it represents Justine and it represents my children and how I think family is like my foundation and like my immediately family so I chose this one I, I think it's a beautiful song I think they're a nice Irish band I think High Hopes I think we all should have High Hopes because ultimately we're going to die we might as well have High Hopes enjoy it <laughs> do our best and have a laugh absolutely yeah. uh, Stephen Fleam that was fantastic Thanks. thank you and for Andreas well done with everything and uh, let's all have High Hopes absolutely thanks a million.
2: woo seems to me I'm just scared of never feeling it again But I know it's crazy to believe in silly things But it's not that easy I remember it now, it takes me back to when it all first started But I've only got myself to blame for it And I accept it now It's time to let it go, go out and start again, but it's not that easy, but I've got high hopes, it takes me back to when we started. of all the people who have come and gone. Memories, they seem to show up so quick, but they leave you far too soon. Naive, I was just staring at the